We're going to begin with a little bit of uh, this. Yeah. 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 Welcome back to Audio Dope. Uh. Oh no, hear your man go with his same old songs about Chevys and getting stoned, meeting bitches in clubs and bringing them home, cutting to the chase, don't even turn my flat screen on. All around the world, the same song, Cali Bud strong, it's that love thing zone. So high that my neighbors thought I moved out Because your boy stayed gone Now tell me that I ain't got it And then keep a straight face, huh? Create that elevator music And stay true to it While you still trying to get your soul Out the pawn shop, stupid You lost your legs to that cookie cutter The soup saying letting you walk Out of that deal, motherfucker Potato chips laid up Frito, raise up Got a couple bitches coming through the blaze up They know where I'm at They know what I do They know I'm real rap And I'm completely unused Huh. And everything bad for a nigga nowadays So I drink a lot of water This run of rapper disorder Got a lot of MC sneak this and yeah Water through them slangs but I call her be careful talking hella trash I can pick the path into a handful and pitch it back at you Take that monkey shit off, you embarrassing us cuz Put the game back in perspective Alright ladies and gentlemen, shout out to Currency, Spit Andromeda, Spit Andretti, Priest Andretti, everything in between That's my brother right there, shout out to New Orleans, stand up And I am Rage Advice on all platforms I am also Trevante, your host of audio dope and i want to present to you someone near and dear and special to me and he is sitting right alongside and this is my brother rich finley shoemate <laughs> what's Let's up Toronto? my brother how you feeling man uh good good it's great to see you it's been uh it's been quite a while since we've just chopped it up in general mm-hmm. um and i mean i guess you can you can give people Watching this or listening to this, a little bit of the background of why specifically we wanted to get together today, and all of the, um, the the preconditions that we had to adhere to to not talk about this stuff <laughs> before we did the pod. Oh my gosh! Pre the prefix pre <clears throat> listeners uninitiated is before, and we and we should go back a year. All the way? Really, this goes all the way back to a year when you had your uh, shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Walk us back. Take us back. Oh well, I mean, it was your it was your thing. So basically, a year ago, uh, 2022 Oscars, uh, the slap heard around the world, and then you had uh, shoulder surgery. I don't know if you've even talked about it on your pods and stuff, but nah, nah. Okay, um, but uh, you know, saving the world stuff. You know, just whatever, whatever throws a man's shoulder out. And uh, you had to get that taken care of a little bit. And we had a long car ride together <laughs> where all we talked about was the slap, Will Smith, Chris Rock, Jada, all of that. And now here we are one year later 
The Oscars has happened again. Obviously, Will Smith was not a part. Uh, one down, nine to go. Uh, <laughs> and um, and Chris Rock did his stand-up special, Selective Outrage. Selective Outrage. Uh, which, I, which I did not find out about until the day of. I saw an ad, mm. and I was like, when is this happening? And then I looked into it, and it was that night. And I texted you first. You're the first person I texted. <laughs> and it was like, this is going down tonight. Do you know about this? And then, uh, and then we went back and forth on it a little bit. Listenership, let me tell you about Rich. Rich is a super enthusiastic man in general. Yes. And if you're only zeal. listening to this, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I am painfully white. He is a bundle of energy is what he's saying. <laughs> See through as well, like a mason jar, yes. yes. But I've never heard him more enthusiastic about a thing until he sent those test messages over well, to me. Well, it's because I love these two guys. Yes. I love Chris Rock. When I found out that Eddie Murphy was mentoring a 19-year-old stand-up named Chris Rock, mm -hmm. I was immediately like on board with Chris Rock. Hadn't even heard Chris Rock yet. But if Eddie was giving the blessing to somebody, I was on board with that. Because I was I was one of those kids in the 80s watching Beverly Hills Cop on a loop. Wanted to be Eddie. Like, just, you know, Eddie was the coolest person on the face of the earth. Of course, loved his stand-up. Mm -hmm. So once he endorsed Chris Rock, I was all in on Chris Rock. And uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince going all the way back to Ready Rock C. And so I love Will Smith too. So these are like, you know, just two of my guys that I absolutely love. And it just, I think what happened between two of them, the two of them um, is so fascinating because it, it really delves into fame and attention and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I wanted to chop up with you today mm -hmm. and make sure that neither one of us talked about what we thought of Chris Rock's special before we got together in person. You know what came to mind when that happened? With the slap or the special? My random mind, the slap. Okay. I thought about the times and I'm curious as to how you grew up because we had back in the day in the nineties, we had these wrestling mats mm -hmm. like these plastic makeshift wrestling rings like WWF wrestling rings mm -hmm. that you would get you would set out and pull out because when you got they're almost or, like uh, judo mats or something like that no so not the mat mats okay. not, not rest you're like, talking about the little blue things yeah I'm talking about the little bitty shits that have it's like a miniature wrestling ring okay for your wrestling action figures Razor Ramon your Mr. Perfect oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that shit yeah uh, the British Bulldog we would have these figurines or if you don't have a lot of money the one two three kit or the one, two, three kid. <laughs> Yo, shout out to the one, two, three kid, bro. Yeah, Sean The most Morgan. slender of all the WWE, WWF stars back then. He was slim as hell. Yeah. So. Could work. He. So you take the figurines and you would put the figurines into this uh, ring mm -hmm. and make them fight each other. Like, you know, 
clacking two plastic figurines into each other. That's, yeah, kind of like how Michael Vick was doing his dogs. Yeah, so similar. <laughs> you see, listenership, this man draws the parallels you'll never see coming. I, look, I have three Huskies. <laughs> I can take any two of them and just look at them and like, I could... I could make them fight right now if I wanted to, because mm. you just row one up, you row the other one up, and then, and then you just throw them together. Now I don't do it, but it's easy to do <laughs> if you wanted to do it. So when he slapped <clears throat> the hair follicles and the pigment out of Chris Rock's face mm-hmm. and off of his scalp, I thought about all those times that we was, at, you know, at Mama's house on a Sunday or whatever with the wrestling uh, ring out and us just running these like heroes into each other like yo yo hmm. now fight you know what i'm saying okay like because it's you mentioned like these two gentlemen were you know you had like you have an affinity for both yeah i had an affinity for both growing up this entire time they're two titans of industry two icons two legends and just to see them going at it i mean it was kind of lopsided but Engaged in fisticuffs. Yeah, and, and I was like, it just reminded me of the old days of playing uh, wrestling. That's wrestling. interesting. I, I I would also say two guys that, on some level, I mean, because you never really truly do it, mm-hmm. but on some level, transcended race. Like two guys that people. I mean, at least maybe maybe me. But I don't think a lot of people think of Chris Rock as as a black stand up. Oh know? no 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 no! Or Will Smith as a black actor. Like no, that's Chris Rock and that's Will Smith. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And and obviously, I mean, that's what we're all aspiring to and should be shooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it was it was interesting when it happened, and I don't know if we're gonna jump around here. But it was interesting when it happened, all the conversation about the, the black-on-black crime As long as House discussion. of Pain has anything to do with this, we may just jump around. <laughs> so I'm just saying, how about I'm and I'll be here I, all week. I played pickup basketball with those guys when I first moved to Los Angeles. I need to hear the story. In, we need to hear it. In a Northridge, um, it wasn't 24-hour fitness, it was LA Fitness. Okay. And uh, we were also playing with Donald Faison. <laughs> Shout so out to Scrubs. I think I was the only broke non um non wealthy person in the gym. Uh the House of Pain guys were pretty good. Faison was pretty good too. Faison was a little heavy at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh was doing scrubs at the time, but but super nice. And the House of Pain guys were nice too. Mm-hmm. So I had just moved here from West Virginia. You're from Kentucky, I'm from West Virginia. So I was kind of like, is this just every uh, LA fitness experience, <laughs> like just play a pickup with a celebrity, uh, whatever. But, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting when, um, when I saw all the pieces coming out about how disappointing it was for people in the black community that these two guys had this moment. Um, I, and I mean, it, it had occurred to me, obviously that, that, that was a big deal. Um, but it wasn't the first thing that I thought of because the first thing I thought of was just, oh, my God, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but the deeper implications of it and all of the stories coming out about you've got Denzel Washington going up to Will Smith. You've got Tyler Perry. And then, of course, um, you know, the, the bastion of all African-American conflict, Bradley Cooper 
getting into the middle of it. <laughs> the bashing. I, I, I never understood why Bradley was a part of that, but Bradley just kind of seemed... He, Bradley went to an all-black event at the White House with Obama. Does Bradley Cooper strike you as someone who makes himself a part of things he is not actually a part of? He's got to be that guy. I guess. You remember what happened in Wedding Crashers? He was not invited to engage. It's true. And he flipped his tie around the back of his back. Yeah. And then he went and... Uh, Zach. I yes. think. Wasn't that his yes. character's name? Yeah. Zach hopped over the pew and whooped the shit out of... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when I was like... No one asked him to do that. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, the guy from Alias got a movie. Yeah. And that, then, I didn't know who this fucking guy was. And then was. he exploded. That's exactly how he did it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so it was no different. No, it's true. So I think he's consistent. So um, did you, were you watching the Oscars that night when that happened? Or were you like the call went out or the text messages went out? Cause I, I wasn't watching live. I just got the bad signal. I don't watch that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? They shine that bad signal up there. Commissioner Gore and I go up there, I shoot the shit with him. And then we figure out what's what in Gotham city. Now, were you, were you one of those People who, wow, I should probably never say that phrase. <laughs> Rich is so good at this. Were you one of those people? Um, but but were you one of the people who, because it depends on how early you got in on this, mm -hmm. where people are like, is this a bit? Like, is is this is this a little WWE, you talk about wrestling, mm -hmm. is this a little WWE business where this isn't real, this is like, I think by the time Will won the award uh, for Best uh, best actor uh, for the King Richard is the name of the movie, right? Did he won the award for it? Yes. Yeah. So um, I couldn't remember. I knew it was Richard Williams, but I, I could not remember the name of the movie. Um, I think by the time he won the award, everybody realized, oh, no, this is real. Like this, this really happened. Like he really went up and slapped Chris Rock, so on and so forth. But there were people who were like, I think it's kind of fake because uh, I heard about it on ESPN radio. And the people on ESPN radio, apparently it had just happened. Mm -hmm. And they were like, the internet is exploding. Apparently Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. I think it's fake. I think it's a WWE thing, et cetera, et cetera. And then it became apparent that it was not fake. Mm. So um, let, I mean, it's your show. But is it? Well, it is. Shit. It is. Of course, white person comes on and tries <laughs> to take over everything. No, but but do you? Okay. But do you want to? You want to tell the listeners a little bit about what our conversation was like shortly after, and we can build up to Man. the stand-up special because one of the first things that we talked about when this happened was at some point in time, Chris Rock will get revenge for this yes vocally and verbally mm -hmm. and we were talking about it's clearly going to be I, I even think we were talking it's going to be a netflix special yes um he's going to be paid oodles of money for it with noodles yeah and um you know so i mean we we saw the writing on the wall a year ago mm -hmm. um but you know it, it just depends on how deeply you want to go into that conversation we had a year ago well listenership Initial impressions for me when I saw him get Kirkpatrick the cross the face <laughs> by Will. You have all these analogies for what happened. <laughs> I love it. By Will, way too grown for this Smith. Um, you have a feeling, I think, you know, and I guess it depends on your life experience, but I've seen fights before plenty, 
you know, and I've been in inflamed situations myself. And you know when something's real and when something ain't. Mm-hmm. Even when. Now, this did cross my mind, listenership and Rich. I was like, you know what? They are both actors. I think people forgot that first. Mm-hmm. Like, these are both actors. So it is possible that this shit ain't real. Because nothing that they do is real. Mm-hmm. And for years and years, they've talked about the Oscars ratings are so bad, yes. et cetera. So you wouldn't put it past a group of people to do a stunt to draw attention. However, when you start to look at the fact that this was the first Oscars that was going to be um, produced um, and directed by a black man, mm-hmm. then you realize, okay, well, n- none of that foolishness is going to be permitted to go on on purpose. Right. Especially on that particular night. Yeah. Because it was kind of star studded and uh, he was up for a bunch of awards and shit. You don't want to get in the way of the momentum of, of, um, you know, your, your, like the night was to honor him and it was to honor them. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they both had stellar years. Chris Rock did an incredible job in season three or four of Fargo, the TV series. Oh my gosh, that's right. Have you about seen that. his performance? I have seen his performance. It was really yeah. some of his best work that he's ever done. Yeah. To me. Right along with so. that uh, that Jigsaw movie. Oh, um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was it Spiral or something he was like in that? that? Yeah. I know he was in the Saw series. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I, I think that was the last that. one that they did. Not oh, that shit. not that he stopped it okay. or anything, but... But yeah, but he, I mean, he's, he's kind of put in some dramatic performances lately. Oh yeah. Um, I, I highly so recommend you guys watch that season of Fargo. He's definitely got the goods. So, because what people need is context in order to make sense of a moment like that. Mm-hmm. You got to go back. You got to look at what they had at stake that night per the history. Go right. back and examine history. And you're like, wait a minute. These guys have too much to lose to try and play a game so as to garner greater views for this organization or this entity called the Oscars, they don't owe that to that. Right. See what I'm saying? They're already right. there for it. Yeah, They're already there to simply receive it. Sit the fuck down. In it for them to do it. There's no incentive right. at that point, right? Because right. they're already there to receive right. gifts. Right. So with that being said, I was like, nah, I think that was real. Plus, you can just look at Chris's face. Oh, he's so the uncomfortable. The moment it happened. Yeah. Then he processed it for a second and expertly done. He just settles back into the professional that he is or was in that moment, at least. And uh, he went, OK. Wow. Oh, but you know what? <laughs> uh, but he, he cocked the gun for a split second. He was he about goes, to say something he else. Goes, he was about to do the whole special. <laughs> then he was about to just get going right fucking then well, i know because I will had just done the uh get, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth yes he was like hey no chris mm. goes if you go back and watch because I, I look mm-hmm. i put this shit on like this is bruder film like just go back and back <laughs> you back was john madden with that yellow ass marker like oh boom so like, on this play here's here's where he was gonna get back at will smith um he says Oh, I could. Oh, that's uh-huh. what Chris Rock says. That's the moment I was referring and, to. Yeah. And what occurred to me as somebody who loves Chris Rock, watched Chris Rock for his entire career. Um, Will Smith had just said, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. And all I could think in my head was, you should have kept that boy's dick out of her mouth. 
Yo. Right. I mean, and you know he had something the punch ready to rock. Something in that neighborhood. Yes, is, indeed. Is bubbling mm-hmm. around in there and he thought better of it. Yes. That situation could have got way worse and better at the or same better time. at the right. same. Right. All, right. Exactly. all right, so we're on the same. All right, cool, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Listenership, so, keep up. Yeah, so um so that was a lot of restraint mm-hmm. uh out of him. And also, look, I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. I mean, obviously, and Chris Rock talked about this on the special and we'll get to that, but he talked about how much more physically imposing will is than him. Him getting slapped had nothing to do with himself getting slapped. Right. And nothing to do with that. But there's nothing, there's nothing in it for Chris. If he even tries to defend himself, that moment then gets elongated. Yeah. You maybe get, Dwayne the Rock Johnson come up and, and pick both of them up off the ground. <laughs> you know, like two little kids. Two fighting ferrets. Yeah, no so, you know, I, I think it it's painful to watch mm-hmm. anybody who has, you know, had to be up on a stage and try to be an MC or tell jokes and stuff like that. And I know a little bit about that myself. Yeah, like imagine and, you just getting slapped at work. Oh, yeah. In the middle of your job. Yeah. Anyone. And it's like, no, I... I I leave that for when I go home to the missus. Precisely. You know, like that's Jebediah. That's when you get slapped (laughs) at home. But um, yeah, it was incredibly painful, but I also thought that he, he handled it very classy. What did you think of the acceptance speech? Now that was a great performance. (laughs) Director. He should have won. Will Smith should, they should have brought the Emmy out. Right mm-hmm. after the Oscar. Exactly at that time. <laughs> like, wow, he nailed it. He said exactly what was supposed to be said. How it was supposed to be said. It, he said it so good. It's a really awkward moment to see all of Hollywood give him a standing ovation. On the couch. Um, it's like cowardice. Yeah. You now, I've gotten straight. a standing ovation in my life before. Unfortunately, so. Unfortunately, everybody just got up and went on home when they did it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super, it was super awkward. And then watching him cry and watching him talk about Richard Williams was a defender of his family. So he's trying to couch this moment in what I was really doing by slapping Chris Rock was defending my family. Yeah. And then later, you know, we'd all see the footage of, of Will Smith, like kind of slapping his leg when Chris made the. Um, G.I. Jane 2 can't wait to see it joke he was having a great time and then they cut away Yes, and I don't know I mean living out in Los Angeles mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, when there's a car chase and there's a helicopter watching the car chase and then the car goes goes in a tunnel and you're like oh no 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 I want to I want to I want to see what the car is doing that's what happened when they cut away from Will and Jada right after she rolled her eyes yes and then when they cut back to Chris and then all of a sudden the next thing we know Will is up on stage teleported to the stage so we're like Oh, shoot, I missed something there. I don't really think we missed a lot. You didn't miss anything. Because she rolled I, her eyes, looked at him not, she for did a not, split second. She did not give the code red verbally. She didn't have to. There's That's no a black way. woman. Those I grew up with those expressions on women's faces of seeing that look. That look has all of the language in it that it needs. Mm-hmm. It has all of the instruction in that look that it needs. Yo, like, like you just about to sit here and just let him talk about me. Well, like but like, let's, let's okay. So, <laughs> this man. so you talked, you talked about context, but let's add a little extra context mm-hmm. for a year and a half. 
this this man who I have already established that I love so much. I mean, I I Same. rooted I rooted for Will Smith. I excused away the lip reading of other people's lines during Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I was like, hey, he's new at this. Mm-hmm. Give him a break. <laughs> When he got all jacked and was in Independence Day, I was like pumping my fist like he was my cousin. All of that. He was all of our cousins. But in July of 2020 was when Jada brought herself to the red table. Man. With Will. Yes. Now, I don't know. I don't know why they did it in July of 2020. Maybe they were stuck at the house, bored, with nothing else to do. Here's the thing, and not to interrupt your train of no, thought, fine. but it just popped into my mind. I think it's less that they did it, and it's more that she did it. Oh, clearly. And he subscribed to it. Mm-hmm. That seems to be how their kind of thing goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's her. I, he he wouldn't do any goofy shit like that. Now, the goofy shit that he did is subscribe to that. Right. Hey, I'll do your show about me and us. <sighs> Yeah, I'll do that. And I'll he, have you ask me about uh, things that you've done scandalously uh, in front of me and around me, beknownst to me, not even un. Well, so, you know, and the thing about them, though, you know, you know there have been rumors about them for many, many years. Yeah. I mean, rumors like they're Scientologists, they're swingers, like all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think most people... At least, you know, for myself and my friends and, you know, whoever I would talk about them about, they didn't, their personal lives never came up in conversation. We didn't care. It's no one's fucking business. Right. It's nobody's business. It's no one's business. And so we all looked at it like, okay, whatever. I mean, Hollywood people, they're they're all, they're always getting married, divorced, whatever. Hey, these two have actually stayed married all these years. Like, kudos to them. Like, most people looked at it like, hey, whatever you want to do. Now, if you want to ask, hey, is, is, say, having an open marriage, let's say, is that a healthy environment for a long lasting relationship? Is it a healthy environment and model for your kids? And if you ask somebody's opinion on that, sure, you can give your opinion on that. But in terms of whether we were all wrapped up in what Will was doing, Jada was going to the BET Awards with August in 2017. And nobody really said anything because everybody was kind of like, oh, I guess she's doing that now. When the when the first trailer came out for Focus, mm-hmm. Will Smith and Margot Robbie in a movie? Yes. Can we curse on here? Sure. Okay. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, they fucking... Either that or that's just a really good actor. But I saw that trailer and I was like... Mm-hmm. And, and there actually ended up being rumors that they actually hooked up on set. Now, of course, any romantic leads, that's going to happen. I'm sure he's had all of the incentive in the world yeah. To want to do something and, of that nature. And if they if they sit down and they say, this is our marriage, here are our ground rules. Hey, you can do whatever you want. I can do whatever I want. Don't make me look stupid. Don't, you know, like try to keep it on the download. Don't go flaunting, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine. That's none of our business. But for whatever reason, you want to turn this into an episode of Red Table Talk yeah. where Jada presents it as, I'm going to bring myself to the red table. But all she did was justify having this relationship with this. I mean, 
He's not a kid. He was in his mid-20s. But at the same time, the whole reason she came forward with it was because they stopped seeing each other. And then he put her in a rap song about how they had had a relationship before. So she was like, oh, people are talking about this. I guess I got to talk about it. I personally think it was just an attempt to get eyeballs on Red Table Talk, draw up some viewership, and then bring Will on. And quite frankly, and I mean, this is this is ancient history by this point. But it's one of the more painful emasculations because when she's out there saying, I just wanted to feel good and I hadn't felt good in so long. What are we as an audience, even if it's not fair, but just in terms of like as a man, how does that make him look like a fucking kook? Yeah. Like a goof. Or like he can't satisfy his wife. He can't satisfy me is what she was saying. All caps, all bold, italicized in every possible way. You can't satisfy me. She just invited him to a show. Now, I want to say that Red Table Talk, correct me if I'm wrong, was on Facebook, right? I think so, yeah. You better believe there was a bag involved. Oh, And if there was a bag involved then there would stand to reason that she was attempting to profit from pain herself inflicted upon thee. Mm -hmm. She's a part of this relationship though. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, she's trying to benefit at the expense of the partner. That was the most bizarre shit I'd ever seen. And what was even crazier was that this man is sitting there 220 pounds. Mm -hmm. Not that that matters, right? It's not even about the, but He's just sitting there. I mean, I'm sitting here 220 pounds. It's a much different 220 pounds. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. But my guy was just sitting there wanting to escape his own body, yo. Yeah. I don't know what kind of spell she's cast on the man, but I will say that she's got this hold on him. And that's why when he slapped Chris, I was familiarized already by the dynamic of their relationship. Mm-hmm. He didn't slap Chris. Chris, he slapped everybody he that slapped ever said any fucking thing to him and about him a and about percent. them. He slapped the whole planet yeah. when he slapped Chris. Chris was just this conduit standing on stage, told a joke. Chris was the avatar for the rest of the world. Everybody Thank you. clowned on him, yes. made memes of him. Mm-hmm. And you know what probably happened? What I imagine probably happened You're sitting there. This is supposed to be your crowning achievement of your career. You're Mm -hmm. the odds-on favorite for the Oscar. Not only the odds-on favorite, but everybody's rooting for you to win the Oscar. They want you to have this moment. We want to celebrate you in this moment. And for a year and a half, he's heard that he was less of a man. He wasn't able to satisfy his wife. He didn't hold down his marriage, even, even though... They clearly had an arrangement with each other, but it's one thing to have an arrangement with each other. And then there's another to do this thing in public in front of us where you're going to emasculate him like that. So now he's in this, you know, I mean, we both come from a place where, you know, there's really slick roads and driving on ice and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What is the worst thing you could do driving on ice? Panic for sure. Overcorrect. Overcorrect. Yeah. And that's what Will Smith did in that moment. Mm -hmm. He had a moment where I have to prove myself and he myself, the world. And once he sees she's upset, his thinking of 
here's my chance is or or just oh my god is this another situation where i'm going to be called out for for being less of a man that's what i'm saying here's my opportunity here's exactly. my chance it seemed like he felt like because when i saw that specific camera angle the one that's less seen the one where she rolls her eyes mm-hmm. expertly done by the way she mm-hmm. does a wonderful job <laughs> I mean that's peaches. That's peaches from Low Down Dirty Shame. Like, come on, that's peaches right there. Yeah, love her. Or that, or that's Omar Epps' date in Scream Two. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, she got disrespect in Scream Two. My gosh. So <laughs> when she looked over at him, he was have he was slap kneeing yo. Mm-hmm. Ha ha! That was a good. One. He's got a sense of humor. Or at the very least, he thought that's eh, a lame joke. But as I'm gonna soon, I'm gonna be a good sport about as it. As soon as. They made eye contact. Mm-hmm. He and the sorceress. As soon as that happened, <laughs> the sorceress. That man rose up like he was a sleeper cell. Mm-hmm. And that eye roll was <laughs> the code name. It's like somebody just walked up to him and went, pineapple. He went, eh, uh, activated like a Manchurian candidate. Exactly. And like a robot, strolled up there like Bender from Futurama and slapped the shit out of my man's. Yeah. Regardless of what that might have cost him. Yeah. It was a powder keg that was scheduled to blow up for a long time. And so, to your point, um, he was at wit's end and it was much more about him battling, you know, this internal battle he's had to face this entire time because... You can only imagine what kind of conversations he can. He doesn't even feel confident enough to have with someone as powerfully minded as she. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not that she makes a lot of sense in what she's doing, but she does things with a strong and powerful intent. Right. And in that, I think that she overpowers him. Oh, just oh, mentally. Without a doubt. You've probably. It's clear that her mind is in a different kind of place than his. You probably saw this Instagram video where she's filming him, right? Where yes, she's he, like, he was. He, I'm telling you, it man. It looks like a hostage video. He looked like he was a hostage, Joe, mm-hmm. like in his own house. And he was like, I don't need you recording me or us in my house. Right. Kudos to him. But. My house. Turn that shit off. Right. Continued to film because it was a plug for another enterprise. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this was Snapchat this time or Facebook, whatever the fuck. I think it was Red Table some more. Red Table talk. No, it was so-and-so's coming to the Red Table. Would you not say that she has helped us in our relationship? And he's like, no, bitch. He's like, no, turn this shit off, yo. It, it, it ain't the time for no red table talk. That has been the beginning of the end of my uh, sanity. Like this house was not paid for with girl trip money. No, but that's <laughs> what she's trying to like. She's trying to get a bag, but it's out of them and it's at their expense. Right. The both of them. She doesn't look fantastic right. or great. Right. You know what I'm saying? Even though she's had that little role as fish money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, it's the house that he built. And I, And look. Her not having a career as successful as Will Smith is not a has nothing bag to do with anything, her. yo. It's it's nothing. She look. has zero respect for he, the man in her life, whatsoever, and so like so much so that she doesn't care how what she does makes him look to the planet when perception is everything mm-hmm. as far as currency is concerned. Mm-hmm. Their entire relationship. That's supposed to be inside is outside. Right. Everything about their shit is outdoors. Right. 
What um, what did you think about the the alopecia angle of this? Because I think I told you this mm-hmm. uh, after the slap. Mm-hmm. That offense on her part had nothing to do with the alopecia. That's a smokescreen, baby. And I I'll, I can set the table for the listeners if you want. Do so, please. So, okay. So, let's go back to the moment before the slap. The whole point of the joke. Mm-hmm. So, Chris Rock comes out and he talks about how the most nervous man in the arena tonight is Javier Bardem. Because Javier Bardem's wife, Penelope Cruz, had just lost the Best Actress Award. Javier Bardem was nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. And Chris Rock is very funnily saying Javier Bardem is praying that Will Smith wins the Oscar tonight because Javier Bardem does not want to win the Oscar and go home with his wife, a woman who lost the Oscar. And Chris Rock was very funnily saying he can't win. He can't. And it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. So funny. Then. So now. We call He's, that you can't win for losing. Right, right. <laughs> so he, so let's do the math. He's just talked about Javier Bardem, mm-hmm. nominated for Academy Award. Yes. Penelope Cruz, nominated for Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Will Smith, nominated for Academy Award. Jada, G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. That whole joke has nothing to do with alopecia or Anything like that. That is a one of these things is not like the other Sesame Street. <laughs> you are not in the same career lane as these three other people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a subtle jab, but it's it's an extension of the joke that he made about her back in 2016 mm-hmm. when Jada and Will boycotted the Oscars because Will was not nominated for concussion. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Chris talked about this on the special. Um, and Jada, I guess, had made comments like Chris shouldn't host the Oscars that year uh, because of the Oscars so white, you know, the boycott, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously, Chris said he got offended by that. He made the joke, um, you know, Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't <laughs> invited to that either. Okay. So. So the joke had nothing to do with alopecia. And also we should bring up Jada. We just talked about Scream 2. You know, Jada has rocked short hair like her whole life. I mean, not her whole life. She's had times where her hair's been a little bit longer, but but she's one of those rare beauties that can really rock short hair and it be natural, Mm -hmm. looks great. So it's not like... You know, it, it's not like you would see, I don't know, pick pick just any random actress. Like Margot Robbie is bald-headed. We would immediately be like, what's up with Margot Robbie? Yo, Jada's always had a baldy, yo. Yeah. Always. So, so the, the pivot to try to turn that into he's attacking her, he's making fun of her for alopecia, I felt like that was kind of disingenuous. It was just, it was a way to try to villainize Chris and, and take take more heat off of Will from that. Uh, but I've never believed, and I will always believe, that her offense was the career offense. That's yes. what she got upset about. L- let me tell you this as well. That was a great point. She wasn't doing that for him. What, what do you mean? Doing what? Coming to his defense. Oh, um, no. What, what she put out an Instagram she post would never, immediately distancing on. herself from it. If she... 
were to come to his defense, she would not have done and wouldn't do any of the things that she customarily does routinely in the public space or private of it concerning her dude. Yeah. Of it concerning Will. Like she wouldn't do the things that she does. Because that wouldn't be consistent if all of a sudden she would hop to his defense to defend him. She wasn't defending him. She was defending herself. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so with her having that thing and like that whole alopecia thing, that's just smoke, smoke and mirrors. That's a smoke screen. That's a, I can't tell if it's the straw hat or the red herring. It was one of them two fucking things. I think it was the straw man. Yeah. Is what that is. Well, I mean, it's just throw this up there for them to focus on while I'm over here operating in the back. It's feeding into victim culture. She's a victim. That's what that is. He's punching down. You know what Uh, I mean? Now, some people could say he's punching down because he has a higher career status. And so, in a way, he's punching down at Jada's career. See, that's that's something that someone says who has no status and who would presume that he would do that because he has status. People who. Who have status like that tend not to flex their status. That's not what people of high status tend to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to do that because what is just is. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? He doesn't have to make himself seem like Chris Rock to Jada Pinkett. Yeah, and he just is Chris Rock compared to Jada Pinkett's man. And Rock hasn't. He doesn't really have a reputation for just calling out somebody randomly who who hasn't earned that smoke. No, he doesn't. You know, you, like. If anything, he has some kind of regard for you if he's like infusing you into his comedy routine or this or that. You know what I'm saying? But him, it's just all comedy. Yeah. You know, for the most part. No vitriol, no personal venoms that leak into his stand-ups like other stand-ups I know. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes that shit you'll hear. You know what I'm saying? You'll hear someone mention something on stage about something that happened off stage. And you're like, that didn't seem to be the appropriate place for this, but okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That was weird. Didn't even make it a joke. He just said it. Just said it on stage. Yeah. Okay. Now he's got 59 minutes left. So, um, (laughs) I, I, so, so I think, I think to a certain extent, we've kind of covered the context Mm -hmm. where Will was at, what happened. What did you, what did you think of Will's, Post slap apologies activity, all that. I will say, listenership, I'm going to level with y'all. I didn't pay the rest of it too much, like too much attention because whenever she listenership, like this happens, I got your back on this one. <laughs> Thank goodness, I paid attention. I got you. So, whenever something like this happens, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. This is for the water cooler. Y'all have fun with this bullshit. I'm over here doing what I do. Meanwhile, I'm like leaning against Meanwhile, it. I'm drawing water. I'm like, hey, yo, did you see it? You like one of them gerbils, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Walking around in the uh, sawmill or mm-hmm. the sawdust, and then you taking a little swiggity dooski from the water in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Getting back to the research, getting back to it. Um, So he disappeared. I mean, he was pretty. Uh, he disappeared for a while. For he a put, while, he, he put a little... out a really weak Instagram post that was all text shortly uh, after it happened. When he's filming himself doing everything, the most effective on means Instagram of and TikTok and all via, that via text. Yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of weak. Yeah. Um, the ruling came down that he was going to be banned from the Oscars for ten years. Uh, quite frankly, if I were him, I would I would say thank you. That I don't have to go to that thing. I know, he can still be nominated for an Oscar to. for ten years. So I mean, just it, send it in the mail. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to really go. 
if I didn't have to, if I'd already been a bunch of times over, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, if you and I got ours yeah. tomorrow, we would go. Yeah. Like, we want to go because we've never been. But after that? Yeah, after I don't that. Like you've going, been there a ton of times, uh, yeah. I didn't go to fucking prom or senior dinner dance. I want to go there. I didn't do that either. It's yeah. funny that you said that. You know what I'm saying? I, um, I just have no interest in those types of things. Yeah, so, so... um he eventually, I guess it was over the summer last year, he did like some kind of almost hostage video again where he was he was in a highly produced environment. I mean, it probably was just like a, a, a it, game room in his house. It's always highly produced. Exactly. That's like, the thing about it. Yeah. Like his his son apparently has a signature water and the oh, signature yeah. water was sitting right there in mm-hmm. frame, like perfectly in frame. So and and he went on to apologize to Chris's mother, and again, oh. it, I mean, he did apologize to Rock, but it still it came off very, it just came off awkward. It's kind of stilted, kind of awkward. Then he went on Trevor Noah towards the end of last year, talking mm-hmm. about emancipation. Went on Trevor Noah with a tissue in his hand and a dry face, prepared. Getting ready to cry. Prepared. And then Trevor Noah asked him a question and said, what have you learned about all this whole experience? You know, the slap. And Trevor Noah is purportedly a friend of both of them, Chris mm-hmm. Rock and Will Smith. And Will goes, uh, well, what I've learned is uh, we all go through something, you know, and, you know, Chris, I mean, uh, Will Smith, you know, always tagging in the, you knows, and, and you can tell that that's always a trigger for him when he's thinking. And that's a, that's a safe, he's word. buying time. Yeah. It's a vocal that, filler. Yeah. That's a vocal filler for him. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, a you know, uh, people, people pick on Joe Biden all the time for saying, come on, man, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, the, so that's a vocal filler for him. So, um, he said, what I learned from this situation is, we all go through things in life. And I was going through something that night. And I'll never forget that takeaway from that interview with Trevor Noah. I was like, the heck are you talking about? In a very subtle way, he was trying to manipulate the audience into what they took away from that, what they should take away from that night mm. and the slap. Because that's not a lesson for him that he was going through something that night. Like we saw that. He knew that already. Mm-hmm. And and we could clearly see it too with context. But he's telling the audience how they should feel about it. You know, mm. what I learned from this situation is we all go through stuff. And I was going through something that night. So basically, forgive me for what happened. Um, so I, I felt like that interview, I, I mean, obviously, look, the guy wants to get his career back. He wants to, you know, be back in everybody's good graces. And I also should say, None of us should be judged by our worst moment, particularly if that worst moment just happens to happen in public. I completely agree with you. And that's another reason why I didn't go too far into a deep dive for the reasons outlined earlier, listenership, but also because he is just a man. And we need to be reminded of that every day. We're just people. We're just human beings. We have these emotions, these liminal systems and all of these things that we don't have complete control over. 
We can only hope to gain more control of ourselves and our mental faculties and our emotional engines and that whole thing. And no one truly knows how they might respond in a similar situation. Yeah. If they were in a super similar situation with a similar kind of woman in a similar house or lifestyle. And for a year and a half, you're hearing all this noise. And you've been with this woman and putting up with this shit for this fucking long. That's a long time, yo. Mm -hmm. He got slapped with, with, I'm telling you, a hand that had history behind it. Like there was a lot of, Oh, you talk about Chris. Got yeah. 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 Like, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. His hand. Yeah. The, the slapping hand was imbued with all of the rage that he's been stored up. He stored it up in his hand. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it had less like to do with Chris. So when I saw all of this other stuff and this and that, and then reporting him making apologies and shit, I'm like, yeah, I'm, he's just shucking and driving from here on. But sure. And doing a dance to try to save face and put out fires and do damage control. That part, I don't want to see. That's a part of the machinery for real. Yeah, it's not real. Because that part has to be orchestrated in a way they're, they're going to feel. It has to be orchestrated now because we have to overcome this. You know what's so interesting they're about it? as a plan. The, the, so. the thing that's so interesting about it to me is the machine never learns that what truly works and disarms the situation is just humility, humanity, not reframing the narrative, Mm -hmm. not stating it, how you didn't lose. Yes. How it's actually a a victory, et cetera, et cetera. If he just pumped the brakes and instead of, you know, trying to change how the audience felt about that moment, just, Full on owning it yes. takes so much heat off the situation. It's like, you know, if, if the government is telling us, you know, well, uh, inflation slowed this month. It's like, well, it's still it's still raised. <laughs> like it's yeah. still it's still high. Yeah, but it's less fucking high. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we but it's high. We cranked it up <laughs> less high than we cranked it up before. It's only down. It, it's only a hundred nine degrees out. Well, it was a hundred and ninety the other day. Well, my tires are still melting to the pavement <laughs> exactly. of the ground. But they're and melting we're having at brownouts. A, but they're melting at a slower rate, Tremonti. Oh, so that's what you should be grateful for. I see. Um, but melt is melt, sir. So, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so um, so let's talk about the special. And I'm so excited because we have not shared any opinions on the special whatsoever. We've so done good. I know. We've done so good. I know. Okay. We're pro- The recording is probably not working right now. Um, <laughs> that would be the ironic thing. Uh, okay, y- y- set this up however you want. I don't, I don't want to go okay. first. I want to know what your thoughts were. I appreciate your honesty. What did you expect? Nothing. See, see, this is what I do. I go in with like just no expectations. Like it's Chris Rock. It's Chris Rock. It's just Chris Rock. Okay, that's my brother. Like grown up with him on TV. Uh, Brain the pain. Hell, even Beverly Hills Ninja. Even him playing Butters and uh, Lethal Weapon Four. Did you see CB Four? Of course I did. Oh my god! Of I course love CB4. I did. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all. <laughs> I'm black and I'm black and I'm black, y'all. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh! Yes. So. That's my guy, man. Always will be. Will. I still have uh, love for Will, you know, and that sort of thing. And again, to your point, you got to have empathy enough to understand. Look, me as a man, I mean, I could see a man losing the shit. Mm-hmm. 
at the worst possible time, that's where shit gets lost. And uh, you do things that, oh, I don't know what came over me. It was after the slap that the gravity and reality of the situation, you know, sank his fangs into my neck and it just never let me go. Mm -hmm. I was overcome in that moment. So in that, he was right. Uh, we go through shit and I went through some shit. It's super reductionist. And uh, you know what I mean? It's not an apology that people were asking for, looking for, or that, you know, that he owes them. He owes that to Chris. Mm hmm. Don't apologize to me on no internet, dog. You slap me in real life. Right. Like, we need to sit down at this red fucking table that y'all talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Have a talk. You can you can say it there. Like, we need to do this shit in person. By the way. We need to do this shit, like, at the crib or wherever. Somewhere where you and I are man-to-man, mano-e-mano in the same physical space. You slap me in physical space you're not going to apologize on no ig in front of no algorithm in front of the world to see that shit too how i'm not a part of your enterprise how quickly do you think jada would set that up if chris said he would do the red table talk whatever brings a red table bag she'll do it <laughs> she's willing to do this she would be all she would be all about it yeah drove this man to slap somebody yeah ratings boom yeah for red table so circling back around so you didn't expect anything so um i keep my expectations low mm -hmm. but i just try to keep them at zero just neutral yeah i think it's healthy just neutral mm -hmm. that way if it's great i'm blown away if it's not okay yeah maybe next time it's like going on a date you know yeah like no expectations yeah, yeah just no expectations like it's gonna go where it's gonna go i'm here for the journey and the journey i hear listenership is the reward <laughs> <laughs> so I went in and it began the special. Oh, first off, I didn't even know this shit was happening until like you was like, hey man, the Chris Rock special's coming out, man. It's on Netflix, man. Oh, I like I like that that's how my voice sounds in your <laughs> that's head. That's totally how he sounds. <laughs> you guys know this. You wasn't over about an hour. So I was uh and so I was sitting there and I was like, all right, let's hit play whatever that Netflix shit is mm -hmm. and uh, it comes on and I'm super excited to see my guy I don't understand the platform Doc Martin white boots he had on but hey yeah, it did make him look a little tall actually and the, and the mirrors in the background was a little the, weird it had the opposite yeah. effect Okay, you know how you wear boots to make you look alright so we're tall so I guess we can't relate, but still, oh, yeah. how shorter people or vertically challenged individuals wear, say, how dare you wear tall things to make themselves look taller? Yes. Well, what we see is the effort, and that makes you look shorter. Mm -hmm. So he looked tiny with the platforms on mm -hmm. because he decided to try to look tall. I'm like, bro, just wear the regular shits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like ladies don't don't. Do the padded bra because we can see it's, the effort and it's less sexy. And, and later it's gonna it's be later it's gonna be a display. It's gonna yes. be, yeah, it's and not it's a good in the way. No, you know what I mean? it's not a good surprise. It's later. Not a good surprise at all. No. Okay, so turns into Legends of the Hidden Temple, and I was not prepared. I didn't bring my helmet. Nothing. Okay. Anyways, so oh, you're talking about that? I it's a you were whole talking about the special. thing. No, 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 I'm no. Sorry, no. <laughs> you lost me for a second. Oh shit! I have a tendency to do that. All right, so it began. And he's like, yeah, kind of just stepping into his light because mm -hmm. it had been a while since Tambourine. Yeah. Which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Um, didn't like Tambourine a whole lot at first, but then I was like, 
not in the space to understand and appreciate where he was in his life right when he did tambourine that makes tambourine stand out to me more so than ever mm-hmm. because of how candid for the first time truly he really was how open he was about the bts in his life the behind the scenes in his life yeah he was bleeding on stage yeah he was crying on stage in tambourine it was intimate yeah it was real so in this yeah you talk about somebody going through something like he in he, real time he was going yeah. through it in that time too yeah. you see what i'm saying um and you know he takes a while to compile the jokes and put everything together and tour it and test it and that sort of thing yeah before he comes up with a night so he had to have been going through that for at least a couple of years because it takes a little while to tour about a year to tour but you got to be going through the shit yeah so he was going through some shit before that leading up to that then toured it and then ended up with that special and it hit all the feels right so then we go to this one and for me the jokes kind of began kind of rudimentary Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like just to get the crowd warmed up and get himself warmed up you know what I'm saying he attacks woke culture a little bit Yeah, yeah 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 so in that Here's my thing about that first half and about the attacks on that culture and that sort of thing. One, I love it and I welcome that uh, sort of thing, but it's the process that he has when it comes to him joke writing and writing and coming up with a special. He takes his time. Mm -hmm. He's meticulous, which is great. But when things are to be timely or they're subjects that have a maturation date, it seems dated in some spots. Oh, interesting. So he'll tell a joke, and I'm like, it was funny, and but would have been funnier and hit different if it had hit during the time that um, this was a fact of the matter or a matter of the fact. When this was being discussed, people have already processed a lot of information in this thing and that thing mm-hmm. and moved on with their lives. Okay. But then the special comes out. Okay. Covering things that people have already covered. Now, are we? Are you talking about the Will Smith stuff, or are you talk about other stuff in the special? Uh, both. Because so he, cause other he, things in general. Because he did some, he did some January sixth stuff. Yep. Which is now like two years old. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So in that, I appreciated the effort and that sort of thing, but it's like, man, you kind of gotta. It's kind of like when you get married to this thing as it is. Now, of course, he did some tweaks and moved some things around, of course, but. At the core, certain things have to be removed or moved or something or just things that are more contemporary need to be added, I'd say, Mm -hmm. so that we see that you're not dated in that way. Okay. So a person with a little bit less discernment, maybe uh, comedically or something like that, like I'm a comedy snob. Like I really love stand-up comedy and all things comedy. And I I know that you're the same. Yeah. Um, So by the time I heard a lot of the jokes, I mean, I feel like I could write like... Have you ever had something where you're watching a comedy and you're writing in your head? Sure. Or you're writing the joke before they land the punch? Oh, I mean, when... I found myself doing that quite a bit. When when Will Smith told him, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth, I'm sitting there thinking, oh man, wrote Chris, the next Chris joke. should have said this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you're doing that, gone is the surprise. Okay. You know what I'm saying? When certain yeah. things land and certain things punch. Now, great thing is misdirection helps. Wasn't a lot of misdirection in this, so mm-hmm. that's the bell someone out in case it doesn't seem as timely as it could have been. Okay. Now, people who had a lesser opinion of it, I'd say, you got to understand how this process goes, and I don't think that most people do. They just see people up there being funny, and, and either they're funny or they're not. It's not lukewarm. Either you're funny or you're not. Either it worked or it didn't. You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then you're judged on that basis. So a lot of the stuff that he was saying, especially in the front half of the show, I was appreciating, 
but I was appreciating the process of the creation of the comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that I was bent over, folded over, laughing my ass off, but I was like, ha, ha, okay, okay. You I know felt, what I'm I see what you did there. I felt like he was doing a little bit of um, the host of the party stuff. He was going around to every faction at the party, making sure that they were being served. Covered all you know, the bases and covered the all the bases. You ain't got to do that. You're he, Chris. He he did he did the he did the woke stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, the attacks on on woke stuff, so that people who are anti that, which more and more and more comedy audiences are getting more comfortable with, and that was easy as fuck to do. You see what I'm saying? Right. How low hanging fruit and, and the woke stuff in the front is right. But then I feel almost like the January sixth stuff and the white men are attacking the Capitol and trying to overthrow government that they already run. That's it was great. Okay. <laughs> but, but Damn, now, now, now me, and uh, maybe, maybe this is bias on my part, but I felt like a little bit of that is service to be like, Hey, don't worry. I'm a bag on, I'm a bag on white people too. I'm a bag. Like this is like attacking woke culture. Don't worry. It's not me being, you know, I haven't been red pilled or anything like that. Like I'm, yeah, like, I'm gonna hit every group. Like an equal opportunity offender. What course, did you like a real comic? What did you think of? I thought it was. You know what I thought was fascinating, and there weren't a lot of jokes in there. I thought it was so fascinating about how he talked about his kids mm. and how spoiled his kids are. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't use the word spoiled as a pejorative, but just in terms of the life that he has been able to give. Um, his one daughter in particular that he was talking about that, that is in France yes. going to culinary school. In Paris. She's had the best of everything and all this stuff. And I, I found that really fascinating because I think, I think a lot of artists who come, um, who come from, you know, impoverished backgrounds or challenged backgrounds or whatever, they feel like nobody wants to hear them talk about that. Or in some way, shape, or form, it makes him look like a sellout. Mm-hmm. He's not real, et cetera, et cetera. And I found that I found that part uh, up until that point because he hadn't got to any of the Will Smith stuff. And I think myself, and like a lot of people watching, I was just like, "When are we going to Space Mountain? Like, when is that happening? <laughs> you got to you know, bury like, the lead. Come on, come on, come on. I, I felt like the whole special was click, 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 click. You know, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Uh, but I found that incredibly authentic and very refreshing, and I liked that a lot. You know what's refreshing about that, too? I'm glad you made that point, because this circles back to tambourine mm-hmm. and aesthetics, like semiotics. How was he dressed in tambourine? Just just color scheme. I can't remember. All black. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in a dark period in his life. <laughs> very dark this is different this is funny as shit and he's just making the best of a, a circumstance right uh-huh. like what else is a man to do like what else do you want to fucking do right and this new thing he's going to a white party <laughs> like dressed all in white even the damn Doc Martens yeah. all the way down to the Doc Martens he was dressed in hmm. white and his energy was a bit different he was unapologetic in ways you know what I'm saying but he was also hemming and hawing in between worlds. You can feel that, you yeah. know, mild anxiety, which kind of annoyed me a little bit. I'm like, hey, man, just. Yeah, I you agree. You know what I mean? Like, I like, agree. you're Chris, bro. Like, you're Chris Rock. Do what the fuck you do and let th- 
let everything else be what it may. But you know, you the interesting it. the interesting thing about that, though, you know, I heard this saying about men one time, and I think it's pretty accurate. Men, we tend to perpetually stay in whatever we consider the greatest year of our life. So mm. like if we, if there was ever a year where we feel like we put it all together, mm-hmm. like physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick an age for myself, I'd pick like 27 or 28, okay. you know, something like that. And I heard somebody say men kind of lock into that perfect year and they just kind of stay there mm. and to themselves internally in their head, they're like, that's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. That's the real guy. I may be a little bit slower, you know, like the first step is not as fast as it used to be, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm still that guy on the inside. And I, I think sometimes we, we extract that onto other people. And so maybe to an extent, and I felt the same thing you did with, with Chris being a little bit reserved and maybe we want bring the pain, Chris. Yes, yeah, you know to who put is completely like unfiltered, brave, bold, brash has not been beat down by life, by man. life, yeah, man. by a woman, mm-hmm. divorce, et cetera, et cetera. Kids, so, exactly. Yeah, so bro. you know, maybe, maybe we project that on. Yeah, maybe him. it's unfair to project that. I, agree. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's let's talk let's talk about oh go ahead go back ahead. to the all right so yeah. one last point on that uh, the lead up to the, the all, stuff. like like dressed in all white so tambourine was you know really uh, somber and melancholy but funny but poignant and super personal super intimate mm-hmm. uh, because really that was one of the first times he really got into the nitty gritty of his family alignment yeah you don't really sort of see thing. him like that a lot Aspen New Jersey you don't really get to see that side of him you get to see his jokes you get to see his brilliance his pen mm-hmm. you get to see the time that he spent toiling over these lines line by line that sort of thing yeah um, his influences Lenny Bruce uh, George Carlin you see all of that and he yeah. even got the uh, the okay from George good old George himself rest in power my brother mm. you know what I'm saying Eddie. He got that on the Chris Rock show. Eddie as well. Eddie as well. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? He's been brought up by titans of industry. I'm talking about the most iconic comics that there are, mm-hmm. that there have ever been and possibly ever will be. Okay? So he goes through Tambourine, but this special selective outrage or whatever that shit is. Yeah, that's it. What's coming out of the other side of things, the light at the end of the tunnel, him being an all white. Mm, that's interesting. Because he did have a levity though at the same time. He had an anxiety um to the point I was making earlier where he's got he has a lot more now. Therefore he has a lot more to lose now. So he had to tiptoe and dance in a certain kind of way. Walk with some eggshells here. Well he would he there. would tell you he has half as much to lose now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love the joke about his ex-wife. Like, oh, that was tremendous. His ex-wife has just as much money as he does, and she ain't and funny. She ain't at funny at all. all. <laughs> Loved it. She ain't funny at all. Oh my gosh, I was crying when he said that shit. It's amazing. It was him coming out the other side. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's appreciating life. Yeah, he's at peace. Um, he's at peace. Yeah. Is what I got from this special. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just looking at him and all you know his body moving all this shit just to judge and just to see where he's at see what he's gonna say about the thing and about the topics i'm like i'm reading him 
I'm just seeing where he's at spiritually, and I'm like, he's in a way better place. Mm-hmm. Even, even, even despite being the subject of all kinds of bullshit as of late, he himself is. It seemed like he was in a great spiritual and mental place. Mm-hmm. He knew he had a little dance to do, and he did it. And people didn't appreciate that part. But you ain't got what he got, and you ain't got to maintain a damn thing. But yeah. your attention, yeah. You see what I'm saying? And you pay your 19.95. For motherfucking Netflix. That's all you got to do. But he's got to do some other things, he feels, in order to maintain his level of existence as he sees fit. Mm-hmm. So in that, he was coming out of the other side of Tambourine through this. And in that, though, you got to see and feel the levity. So that made me feel really good. You know what I'm saying? Because what you also get to see in these stand-up specials is not just jokes and comedy. You kind of get a status check on how you how your mans is doing or how Kathleen Madigan might be doing because you ain't heard from her in a minute. You ain't seen a special from her in a while. How have they progressed? How are they maturing in their comedy? How, what kinds of experiences have they had? I haven't heard from Jim Jeffries in a minute. It's almost like going to a family reunion. It is going to a family reunion, but it's jokes involved and they're at the center telling these jokes and catching you up. How are they looking physically? That's important to me. I, I, Mm. I, I like to see my people doing well feeling good, moving well. You see what I'm saying? It breaks your heart to see that you got to carry Richard Pryor onto and back off of the stage. You see what I'm saying? And not a lot of people have those stories, but that was real. They only got to see him live on Sunset, looking great and being healthy and young and virile, right? But they didn't get to see the other side of it. But Chris has been living on stage as they once did. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty classic, and people are losing that. Well, how funny with the joke? Well, you guys are the microwave generation as well, and you don't really understand what goes into making a special either. By the time it come out, sometimes it does seem a little dated. Sure. Just time moves on, and so do people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it picked up. You know, at the halfway point, you know, and a lot of people had said the same thing because it's kind of glaringly obvious that he has some work to do, some housekeeping to do in the first, you know, just in the front, just to get people on his team and on his side so that when he leaned into things, see, this is what people on there. Well, the first half was kind of. Uh, uh, well, you then, can't you can't start with the will stuff, but then he finished you have nowhere to go. But then he finished strong. I'm like, man, if y'all just understood how comedy fucking works. Yeah. You know. Like, like you don't put the cart before the horse, right? Like you got to set the stage for this. You got to set things up to be realized later, callbacks later and that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why you're peppering, you know, I don't, I don't need another rapper mad at me. You know, you, you pepper that a little bit to let people know it's yeah, coming. Just to, it's coming. Just Hang just in let there. Let them see it's germinate. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a gestation period for this, but you'll appreciate it when it gets there. Mm-hmm. Just appreciate and submit yourself to this damn process. Yeah. That you claim to enjoy so much. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This isn't a performance that you designed. So be open to its design. <laughs> just receive it. I have I have more to say about that when Please we get there. Do. But that that's yeah, a great yeah. no, that's a great point. No, but let, I mean, so let's get to the Will Smith stuff. Mm-hmm. So thoughts on that. To me, that was it's, some. It's like it's like seven or eight minutes at the end of the special for those who have not seen it. But to me, that was some of the strongest writing. Okay, ironically, ironically, like that's something that could write itself. But at the same time, as far as his pen is concerned, as far as the the jokes are concerned, to me, that was some of the strongest writing because there was some low hanging fruit and some woke shit in the beginning and this and that um, that he was throwing out there. But those are just little, you know, what I'm saying little seedlings, little saplings. You know, what I'm saying he was feeding the people with. And um, 
I think that in the time that it did take to come up with the special, though, you have so much time to pour over these lines and over the jokes and see if they punch, like how hard they punch, mm -hmm. you know, like with what kind of pressure or ferocity are these things hitting? Are these things punching? And maybe yeah. they did in some spots, but and and people people snuck some. Um, there were there have been a lot of cell phone videos throughout the year yeah. of him on stage uh, doing his stand up in venues where, quite frankly, they take your cell phones and then somebody snuck their cell phone in, right? And and filmed him talking about everybody knows I got uh, punched by Suge Smith. <laughs> so <laughs> that so, was cool. So there were. There were many pieces of this um, of this set of Will Smith material. There were pieces of it out there that you could you could actually string together if you had looked for it. And obviously, I think we've clearly established that I looked way too hard into this. <laughs> so it's fine. But so a lot of the jokes I had actually heard a few, quite a few of the jokes. Uh -huh. um, so. Um. Okay. I want a more punch. Just punch. Just okay. More juice. Let just me more sauce. Let pause to the jokes. Let me. Uh, let me tell you my reaction by jumping to the end. Okay. Don't when Chris, so everybody who knows Chris Rock knows the literal mic drop is the end of the show. Yeah. Okay. When Chris made his final joke where he was talking about, I mean, the, to a certain extent, it's not a joke, but when he was talking about, you know why I didn't respond to Will Smith because I have parents because I'm grown. Uh, and my parents taught me never to, it was either never to fight or never to argue in front of white people. Yeah. And then he dropped the mic as he dropped that mic. I reacted I wanted to pick the mic up out of midair I, when he dropped that I, shit. I was I, like, no. I, okay. Okay. I'm so glad you said that. Oh, I was like, I, hell no. Nah, this special ain't over. No. I got in with a joke. I reacted like somebody had oh. dropped a baby off of a building. I was like, no, the baby. Oh, my God. The, somebody catch the baby. Yes, bro. And when it was over, oh. and and I love Chris Rock. As do I. But I came away from it going listenership. No, I was like, no. I, 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 I wanted more. And, and yes. I really, I was, I was bummed for the rest of the night. Now I felt like the, the, the ground that he covered was good and it was funny, but I always felt like what happens when you bring that shit into the paint weak as fuck, bro. Like with the left, like what happens when you don't go up strong, you get that shit tossed, bro. Yeah. It don't matter how, how, how big the lead was, yo. It doesn't yeah. matter how the game was going. Right. You're remembered on ESPN top 10 highlights for getting your shit tossed, tossed dog by Mecca Okafor or somebody. <laughs> Omeka Okafor. Very nice. I to the mountaintop. I I just during the whole set about Will Smith and Jada, mm -hmm. I always felt like we're just we're drilling down, we're drilling down, mm -hmm. and I felt like we were we were about to hit water, and then I felt like he just stopped. Yes, and I was really bummed out about it for the rest of the night, and then I woke up the next day and I again was thinking about it. 
and I was kind of lamenting it again. But then I had I had a different perspective on it, and I have a different perspective on it now. Okay. I was trying to figure out. I was like, why, why would he, why would he do that, and, or why would he not do that? Because I really thought, I thought there was so much fertile ground. Look, we're both from the South. Yes, I've said it before, but you're from Kentucky. I'm from West Virginia. Leaving meat on the bone, man, you don't leave no is meat. not okay. I know. Okay, yeah. like your grandmama's gonna come around <laughs> and slap you in the back of the head for leaving meat on the bone. The whole thing. I I just felt like there was this gigantic chicken leg, just just like teeming with meat. Mm-hmm. Like he he could have gone after the standing ovation. For the Best Actor Award, he could have gone off about the apologies mm-hmm. or the the lack of apology, like all of that stuff. And I just felt like, oh, my gosh, like there's so much fertile ground that he gave up. And then after I slept on it and I was thinking about it the next morning, I was like, that was a cognitive decision. Yes. Chris Rock and and here's the interesting thing. Ever since the special has been out, there's been all this talk. Oh, Chris Rock eviscerates Will Smith. Will and Jada are upset. Jada's saying that Chris is obsessed with her. I saw a story today in preparation for this that Will Smith is disappointed and was very hurt by Chris Rock's special. Oh, please, get, get out of here. Yeah, who gives a flying here's, fuck about your disappointment? Here's, here's the truth, Okay. Uh, and and you can follow me on on all social media at the Truth Ache because that's that's my new show that's dropping. But mm-hmm. never mind. Um, but here's the truth: Chris Rock had mercy on Will Smith. Some more mercy, special. And I'll tell you Some how. Some more mercy. I'll tell you how. Okay. Chris Rock only talked about what happened up to the slap. He didn't talk about anything that happened after that not Mm. that night not since that moment and what he did in doing that Mm -hmm. and only talking about you know the entanglement talking about making the joke about jada and will came up and you know will's so much bigger and so on and so forth what he did in that moment and the reason that i will go to my grave saying that he showed Will Smith a tremendous, not only a tremendous amount of mercy, he handed him a gift because what he did was he has now allowed Will Smith to control the post-slap narrative. Will can take that and say, that was a really horrible moment for me. Here's what I've done since then. I've apologized to Chris, you know, and, and, if Chris had gone in on him for the apologies, think about that. If he had gone off on him, and by the way, there's some material out there from these stand-up shows over the last year where people have filmed with their cell phones, where Chris referred to the apology video as a hostage video and mocked it, okay? Mm-hmm. So he tried it out on stage. He, he, you know, he worked it out, and it got a big laugh. Uh, in that particular concert, I think he was standing on stage with Chappelle and Kevin Hart when he did that. And of course, they, you know, they laughed big time at it, thought it was funny, but the crowd loved it. So he didn't take it out because it didn't work, but he left it out because if he brands 
Will Smith and his apology for slapping him as disingenuous, I don't think Will Smith shakes that. If Chris doesn't bless the apology, he doesn't even have to bless the apology. Like we collectively as a culture, we can get over this and get past it. It'd be, it'd be better for Will if Chris publicly forgave him, but Chris doesn't have to do that. Chris not obligated to do that. He doesn't have to do that. But by not branding the apology as fake, by not talking about Will Smith's fake tears on Trevor Noah, by him not talking about this hostage video that Will put out that's completely disingenuous, you just want your career back, you know, so on and so forth, by not talking about the Hollywood elite giving this man a standing ovation while his hand is throbbing and his face is throbbing backstage, he allows Will to control everything narratively that happened post-slap. And I firmly believe that Chris did what he wanted to do in that stand-up special. And it basically was, you know how, you know, we were talking about growing up as kids or whatever, but you know how like maybe you're maybe you're wrestling around with the old man or something like that and 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 you 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 feel your oats a little bit you feel like you're getting stronger and he kind of gives you just a little chicken wing like just a little just a little tap right like, there in the rib like, cage easy, right there buddy easy boy yeah. like this this, this that, could get a lot worse that old man strength yeah he's like i'm letting you live i, I mean i've been letting you live this yeah. whole damn time but it's a warning yeah that stand up special was a warning. Don't get too big for your bridges. Yeah. It it was sure, if you go up on stage and 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 you slap Chris Rock as Will Smith, you're in charge. But now forever Chris is in charge. And if you if you make it a bigger deal than this, then Chris has more fertile ground to go over. But I truly believe that Chris talked about what he was comfortable talking about and by not calling Will Smith out for being disingenuous with the apology or whatever, you know, Will can profess that this is all real. This is a real apology. And Chris can get on with his life and Will Smith can get on with his life. And this could have been way saucier and way worse for Will Smith. And quite frankly, um, you know, all this talk about Will is hurt and Jada talking about Chris Rock's obsession with me and stuff like that. In my opinion, they just need to stop it. Quite frankly, if Will Smith were asked on the street, like a TMZ video or something like that, hey, did you see the Chris Rock special? What did you think of it? If Will Smith said something like, I thought it was brutal and I deserved it and it, it was funny. And if he just moved on with that, imagine the temperature that comes out of that. Now, would his ego allow him to do that? Would he be thinking 10 steps ahead about what's going to be said at home if he said something, if he, if he said it was funny, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, we don't know, but that he, he lives with a warden. He yes. Check in with the warden. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? So, so that was my takeaway from the special. And that was the thing that I really wanted us to talk about live because I'm seeing all these stories about Chris Rock eviscerated Will Smith and I came away from it with a completely different take. Man, because we know Chris Rock. Yeah. We're very familiar with Chris Rock. We know what he's capable of is, I think, the point that you're making. We know what he's capable of. We know how much grace he gave this man who 
didn't necessarily deserve it from him. From mm-hmm. us, yes. We need to understand. A man is a man is a man. And sometimes your emotions get the best of you. And we can only hope again to train ourselves in our minds and steal our resolve in a way that allows us to act in private and in public the same. You know what I'm saying? As often as we possibly can. Um, and to a point that you made earlier, this is the thing about narratives. And especially in this industry, when you craft a narrative, guess what it requires? Maintenance. Oh, yeah. Guess what the maintenance is? More narratives. (laughs) If you just tell the damn truth, if you just say what the fuck is on your mind, if you just tell it like like it is or like you think it is, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter to me. I respect both efforts because it's real and it's authentic. Mm-hmm. We're in a time no one knows what's real and what's fake because everyone's fake because it's illegal to be real. <laughs> oh man, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether or not someone else might agree or not, it is impossible mathematically, physically, it is impossible for everyone to agree with everything everyone says. And this, and this, not everything has been said yet either. And this narrative jenga that everybody's narrative jenga. To, uh, oh, 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 oh yeah. shit! Course correct, over correct. <laughs> Yeah. Narrative Jenga is the name of this damn episode. Oh, I love it. Narrative Jenga. But yes, man. And so, so much more like it left, like it was good. Definitely not great, right? Because great, I think we just expressed the difference between great and good, Mm -hmm. right? He did what he had to do. Okay, that's just good. He just went all the way in regardless as to what I think this. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's possible? That he used this special Chris Rock listenership to make a decision, a conscious choice between one of two things, two loves, stand up comedy, which enables and allows you to just it's just you and that mic and that stage in the world and everything that comes along with what you utter into that mic and you stand behind that. He's and every comic starts their career. And goes through their career and their life usually standing tall and standing behind everything that they say. Coming directly from them unfiltered and unfettered. Because oftentimes back in the day when they was really standing in it, they had nothing to lose because they didn't have shit to lose, right? Right. They didn't have anything. Right. See what I'm saying? But you can see the chasm between that and now and then. Because bigger and blacker. Bring the pain. He would have never had done such a thing. You see what I'm saying? He would have just been like, all right, I'm Chris. I got slapped. And this out. And this is how the fuck I feel about that. Mm-hmm. He would have laid it out sure. for us to clearly see the entire schematic. He didn't do it this time to your point. Well, you, you said it's two loves. So what was the other one? You said stand up comedy. And then what's uh, I mean, you know, the, he's been on a roll, man. Huh? Has he not been on a roll? Yeah. What kind of role? He's been playing roles. He's been on a, on that kind of role. Well, but also... So he's if been you, in Fargo. He's been in this. He's been in that. He's been in this. He's been in that. But if you look at the juxtaposition of where he was in Tambourine and where he is now... He was doing a whole lot less then. He's on... Well, right. But, but just in terms of... He's on a roll now in terms of being at peace. Also and I at think, peace. I think he was completely at peace with what he gave us in that stand-up special. He mm. may have had more to say mm-hmm. and 
being in a private room with him is probably way a more fun. A whole different conversation. Yeah, it's a whole lot more fun. Right. But, right. I, but I think he is completely at peace with what he gave us. And what's funny was, you know, when I was talking about it, I was disappointed the night that I that I watched it because I was just like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I want I want spicier. Mm-hmm. When I ultimately came around to the idea of, yeah, but that's what Chris was comfortable doing. And I, I came away from that, then appreciating the special more because of, I love parentheses. I love what, I love seeking out what's not said in a press release. You can find, you can find the truth by just paying attention to what people aren't saying. In between the lines. Yeah. Like I, I saw that random entertainment industry example, but you'll probably pick up on this. So uh, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Quantumania just came out uh, like second week in February. Okay. Um, I know you didn't see it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Guardi- do know? Guardian Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming out in May 1st. Uh-huh. And then there's a movie called The Marvels. It's, it's basically Captain Marvel 2 coming out. It was supposed to come out in July. They moved it to November. Okay. It's important to the story. The Marvels has changed its date five times. Okay. The narrative coming out from Disney, things like that. There's nothing wrong with the movie. No, no, no. The movie's fine. The movie is fine. There are no problems with it. We're just moving it to work on the special effects a little bit longer. Going to put a little bit more in. Travanti, if I owed you 20 bucks and I gave you five changing dates of when I was going to pay you back, you at some point would be like, is everything okay? Is everything all right? With you? Like, <laughs> hey, 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 yo, you good? I'd be like, no, 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 everything, no. Do no. you need uh, five installments of $4 no, payments? No, like, everything is fine. You're sure that everything's fine. fine? Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, but, and emotional? Fine, <laughs> or just fine, fine? <laughs> so so there was a story that came out today about the Marvels, and, the, and there's been all this, you know, online backlash about Disney's losing money and D- Disney's losing, you know, a lot of... Um, a lot of money on the NASDAQ, things like that. Mm-hmm. And there was this article that came out and it talked about how there's nothing wrong with the marbles. And, um, one of the things in the article was, uh, this person was quoted as saying, in fact, the marbles has tested higher than any other Marvel movie has tested this year. Now I went back and looked Ant-Man and the Wasp came out in the second week in February. So the test audiences for that were back in the fall. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out the beginning of May. So the test audiences for that were around November, November, December. There's only one Marvel movie that is tested this year, and that's the Marvels. And because of those test screenings, um, and the test screenings, by the way, from people who saw those test screenings, said it's a disaster. <laughs> said it's really bad. So Marvel is reshooting the entire third act, okay? But for this article to talk about, it's the best tested Marvel movie of the year. Well, yes, it is, because it's the only one that's been tested this year. So, wink, wink. So, like, when you. When you read between the lines, like you can, you can find truth in what people are or aren't saying, things like that. And That's just a to bar. Kind of, and just to kind of circle all the way back to Chris Rock, 
uh, again, I, I just, once I settled in on, okay, that, that stand up special was not for Rich or for Travanti. Precisely. It was for Chris. Mm-hmm. Chris got his revenge mm-hmm. and he did not take the kill shot. He managed to walk away an even bigger person than he even did the night he got slapped, which he was a giant man that night. Yeah. You, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he had the opportunity because that's his damn stage. He One, he got slapped on his stage mm-hmm. and then he had the opportunity to fire back from his stage. Yeah. Truly this time because he wasn't, he he was only under and in his own employ. In conjunction with Netflix. That and he's not it. he's not on the stage in Los Angeles. He's in Baltimore. Yeah. So black as hell. Right. He could have went nuts. So it's not it's not some yeah, it's man. not some crowd mm-hmm. that is interested in well, I don't wanna I don't wanna upset Will, I don't wanna upset Jada, what do I you know, it's kinda like it's kinda like if you ever watch um it's kinda like if you ever I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched this, but uh, if you ever watch Real Time with Bill Maher or like my, some, my dad and I used to watch Real Time with Bill Maher every uh, oh probably politically Saturday, correct Saturday night okay Real the, Time yeah, the, the Bill night. Maher audience is my favorite audience because it, for the most part he shoots it out here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. so for the most part the the crowd has kind of a hive mind ideology but every now and then Maher will attack wokeism or, or just speak common sense to an issue. And the, the delay for applause in the real time crowd with Bill Maher <laughs> is wonderful because you can feel the audience look around at each other. Like, well, I'm not going to go first. <laughs> and then Bill will sit there and just kind of wait, looking side to side. He'll go. Yeah. And then he'll mug a little bit. And then eventually the laugh will roll out. Mm-hmm. But but watching his show is so fascinating because you could tell that again, and it's what we were talking about before that that checking yourself before you authentically react. Like, is it okay for me to authentically react? Because that joke kind of goes against like all these things that I'm supposed to be for and believe and so on and so forth. Since it's a package of once. It's just yes. a package, and inside of this package, this thought and belief and norms and values package, you gotta have everything in the package. If you ain't got nothing else in the package, you can't you can't join our treehouse. You, you gotta have everything in the package. You gotta subscribe to every idea that's inside of the package. Listenership, you see this right here. Everything, everything in this package. You gotta believe in every single thing, every, from top to bottom. You have to support every letter. If you support this letter, you have to support this letter. All twenty six of them shits. <laughs> every single one. Yeah, it's. It's crazy. So, um, I, I, that was a beautiful assessment, man. Like I, uh, I didn't necessarily think of it from that perspective where it's like, no, nah, he did that for him, uh, and his, which are his children and his loved ones, everyone that depends on him, relies on him. It's not just about him still at the end of the day. It's not, he's a husband. Um, I'm sorry, was a husband. He's a father. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, he can be a husband again if he wants to. He can to. definitely be husband. He even <laughs> talked about that shit in the damn special. Like, bro, yeah. I'm in shape, got dough. You know what I'm saying? Single. He 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 really put out his eHarmony profile just right there. Yeah, exactly. He he he, he let them just be, a gigantic he, open for he, business. He let the open. Neon sign. I'm telling you, it was blue, get out red. of the house. He he <laughs> said he spelled it out. He said all white too. 
dressed in his Sunday's <laughs> finest in some white platform Doc Martin boots. Oh, still questionable. But uh, <laughs> I'm single. The kids is grown. They ain't in the house. It's just me. I've come out, Way of, my, too much I've come out of my dark time. Yeah, yeah. I, I done stepped into the light. I'm feeling good, groovy. Fuck him. It's all good, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, straight up. What um, what has been, uh, as we kind of, you know, wind it all down, what has been your reaction to the reaction? Like, did any of your friends, other than me, obviously, but we, we specifically said we weren't going to talk about it. Did any of your friends talk with you about it? And, and what have you seen the reaction to be? So, listenership, Rich. Uh, you you know me. I don't like to react in general, but especially react to reactions because I mean, come on. Well, I didn't ask you to put a trailer on, and we <laughs> yeah, didn't like sit here. Like, and- no, no, no. So, um, some of them were kind of surprising, though. Um, I think that generally, what, what I know a good friend of mine surprised it. All right, some of the surprising ones were like, oh, the first half is not... I guess just how woefully uneducated people are as to what comedy is. Oh, okay. That just blows my mind all of the time. All of the time. And more specifically, what stand-up comedy is. Like, just the mechanism, just the design of it. They have no idea what happens and how it happens or how it works. I couldn't believe how many articles I saw about how mean Chris Rock was to Will Smith. He was the nicest. I was like... Of all of the shit that could Are have you been talked, kidding? We, we we did all of the talking of the shit for him and on his behalf. I think that's what people who support him and stand for him did. We did all of the shit talking, and I think that he's also aware of that, right? Where it's like, I ain't even got to say all of the shit that I was going to say because everyone's already said it and are saying it. Well, I'm gonna say some shit that they didn't say. He he won the event yeah. before he ever did that stand up special. That's what I'm saying. So really, it's just kind of like a checkpoint in life. Yeah, this is how I'm doing. This is what's been going on. Y'all know. And people are in like it's an interesting level of familiarity that this particular audience would have with a comedian. He didn't get to be in the dark about this. Everyone saw this shit in broad day. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole it's it's a whole lot more difficult to come up with a special. People don't think about the difficulty level of coming up with something that seems real when it happened in real time and everyone saw this all transpire in real time. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's gonna be harder to write a joke. Because everyone else is doing all of the writing for you. Sure. And armchair quarterback ass motherfuckers are like, well, shit, yeah, yeah, I would have. Uh, have you ever been slapped while working at your motherfucking computer? Yeah. In the parts well, department at Ford dealership? No, I doubt it. I sincerely do. But even if you had, it's not in front of the whole world. Yeah. And would, and are you even funny? Much less, can you crack a joke about this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Without falling the fuck to pieces, falling flat on your face? I, no. I, um, how much pressure do you think he was under? Do you do you think any of this? It's him as it's a comic. Hi. I, I meant more so as as one black man talking about an issue with another prominent black man. That pressure of, hey, we don't need you. We don't need you guys. At, at war with each other or at odds with each other so go easy or like do you think there was any kind of pressure like that either externally or internally within him because you could also say that from that aspect alone mm-hmm. Chris Rock did a very merciful thing I would venture to say that when it comes to one black man to another or one white guy to another it's probably a similar concept 
you're not talking to the white dude across from you that you got beef with or what or what have you as a white guy. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm pretty sure he's Chris to Will and Will's, you know, Will to Chris. So it's probably not that much pressure on the racial front because it's just two dudes to them. So to them, perceptively, they're just two guys. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I don't walk around. If I'm in a room full of black people, I don't feel like a black guy in a room full of black people. I'm okay. Trevante in a room full of black folks. Oh, of course. You see what I'm saying? I, all so I'm saying is it's when... It's probably not a lot of pressure in that way. Mm-hmm. All, all I'm saying is when the slap happened... Mm-hmm. There were so many, you know, because this got picked up everywhere. So it's not just being talked about in political circles. You got you got political shows talking about this and things like that. And so you've got commentators talking about comedy when it's not their, you know, it's not their expertise. Right. And you've got activists or or interested parties who are saying things like this is not good for, you know, like like some African-American commentators had talked about, this is not good for our people, this does not make us look good, so on and so forth. There's a whole lot of shit that they do that don't make them look good. So my only point was, I, I tend to just look at it as one man to another man. I, I, mm, I, don't, I don't think that Chris had that consideration. I think he showed... I think he showed Will Smith mercy as a man. If you, if anybody wants to be on the sidelines and extrapolate a deeper racial gesture to that, that's fine. Um, but I don't think that that's what was behind it. But I think, but I just think it's an interesting topic to kick around because I heard a lot of people say, you know, because well, okay, Jada herself. Uh, one of her little videos that she did after this incident was she was talking about, you know, we need both of them, you know, Chris and Will. And she was like, that's their issue. They need to work it out, but we need both of them and (laughs) so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, Uh, So, you know, I, I just, I I had always kind of wondered and I, and I hope not like, I, I hope that everything Chris did was completely totally for Chris and it was not there was nothing in it and I don't think there was I, it, it feels truly authentic to me I would just hate if Chris felt like okay this thing happened I would like to go in at a hundred percent but I'm gonna do 90 percent because I don't want people to think that all of a sudden I'm punching down now because Will's the vulnerable person in this scenario, because I, I don't think any level-headed person could look at this and go, well, Will was justified to do what he did. Here's the caveat here. When something that extreme happens, someone needs to know, full and well, that this could never, ever, ever become even a modicum of a possibility ever again. Ever. Like you have to kill a gnat with a sledgehammer, you know. In Are you talking about in terms of sending the message to people going just, up on stage, or I think that the message should be clear, or just to never will. convoluted. Yeah, oh, just to will. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like just more specifically, and if it's to will and it's pointed enough, I think that everyone else can get the picture. Do you know how easily misconstrued things get in general? How lacking in context most situations and and circumstances are to, uh, like today. Mm-hmm. Completely lacking in context. Oh, yeah. 
a lot of shit ain't clear. Ain't no clarity to be found anywhere. But if you make it clear with your actions, it can be clearly received. So in that, you can show someone some mercy, but if they aren't cognizant or have the eyes or the self-awareness to see or to perceive eyes, these things. Eyes to see and what, ears to hear. Yeah, then what are you really receiving? So you think that you're doing someone a favor and you're not doing them any favors. Mm-hmm. You think that you're so, like showing them mercy and you're not showing them any mercy. Sometimes an ass whooping is mercy. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Not I even necessarily totally referring agree. to physical violence, yeah. but the threat of it. Well, even allowing, if that's just a verbal thing, allowing someone to suffer the consequences yes, of their actions—that's what civility is. Yeah. That's what humility is. But if he is not put in, in a position to be civil because he was forced to, or to be humble because he his hand was forced, then what lesson is there for him to glean or learn? He still thinks that there's space to act the way that he did in some possible future circumstance because. In that moment, he wasn't course corrected strongly enough. And mm-hmm. so it's not always about, I'm just kapap, and then I'm just over here now, you know. I appreciate that, but, you know, don't do it again. He didn't even get a don't do it again. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not speaking a coded he language got, he got an to Oscar. someone who directly accosted me on the job in front of the world to see. And I was just left to pick up the pieces of my life and my persona. You don't know what kind of unspeakable mental or psychological damage or spiritual damage that could have done to me. He was riding on a high. He was gainfully employed by that entity as an independent contractor, got slapped in front of his bosses and his bosses didn't do anything. How safe can Chris Rock ever feel if someone who is just of a different stature than him can walk up to him and Kirkpatrick him across the face? With no consequence. It was left up to Chris Rock. Well, and when what Chris Rock has built his entire career on is the... Why I gotta be Martin Luther King? For lack of a better term, Chris has built his entire career on the machismo of his mouth. Yeah. And if you bitch him out like that, it, it, it takes away that potency of... Oh, Chris Rock's Chris Rock's not the one you want to mess with because he'll go in on you, et cetera, et cetera. And if you if you physically assault him like that and there's nothing he can do about it, whew, man, you what you're saying is that he could have inadvertently removed all of the punches from Chris's lines. There's no like there's no mystery that after what had happened, happened, that everything that Chris had to say seemed to fall short. Yeah. Aside from discerning or, comedy or, or, eyes or like weak, us, weak or right. weak or yeah. underpowered, yes, because he got over fucking powered in real time and in real life in front of real people. Because at some point, instead so of judging his special unfairly, like oh, it just didn't seem like enough. Well, you know, he's being Mister Nice Guy over here. Because at some point, what you what what you run the risk of with something like that is not garnering respect. Right. And men prefer and, that over love. And then you become like the little cartoon dog that somebody puts their hand on his head and his little arms and legs that are going. That little third grader just flailing his arms yeah. and shit. And yeah. it's just, and, and you're, you're mockingly holding him at bay because he's not a threat. If you take Chris Rock's tongue away, he's not a threat. And, at and, all. And that's why 
the slap was so offensive and egregious and, yes. and, and just so potentially damaging to Chris. I, obviously, he's in a better place, and thank God that he is, because I'd hate to see, you know, that 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 sting on his career like that. But that was the danger of that moment. Because he's a formidable foe in every other possible uh, yes, intellectually, 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 verbally, verbally, all that stuff. That's his superpower. Right. He did not use it. Right. That's his power. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He can disarm anyone with that power. Yeah. But when you slap the power out of him, and he doesn't wield it. And he makes and the, responds. He, he puts the sword back in the sheath. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not very samurai, man. Yeah. That's the only thing about this, man. So I'm not sure what these other specials would be like. I think that he, I think he's got one more contract with Netflix. We'll see what comes from that. Um, yeah. Do you think this issue is dead? And and by that, mm-hmm. I should also get out my little my little my little conversion chart Uh by is this issue dead? What I really mean is, is she going to let this go? Not if there's a bag to be gained from this. Like if there's a red table, there's got to be a red table. There's still a red table reaction to the special. Of course. This is how she's decided to monetize her life. She's used and leveraged her actual life for monetary gain is what it seems. Mm -hmm. The red table talk centers around what? Personal matters. Yeah. In the public sphere. Dysfunction. Dysfunction. Yeah. Damage. Emasculation is at the top. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you won't see a, I'm sure you won't see an episode of Red Table with him on it. Him not looking corny as fuck. Looking like he wants to escape his own body. He don't know where the hatch is. Oh, damn it. It's locked. Gang, 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 gang. Someone let me out of here. Yeah. But you can't escape yourself. This is the life that you've made. And this is the one that you've decided to make it with, man. Is he going to stay with her? He's done it for a long ass time. He's gotten really good at staying with her. So, I mean, it would yeah. stand to reason that he would do that some more. Because you got to remember, you can be as big as you want to be. But if you're a, just just a tiny minion of the oh. mind, like if your mind is small, like if, oh. you, like if you are mentally weak, you are weak. If you're mentally weak, you're a weak man. I don't care how many muscles you got. You know how She's they, way bigger than he is, yo. You know how they control elephants at, at, at the circus, right? You break when their minds. When they're little baby elephants, you tie them to the post. Yep. And then when they grow up, if they're they tied still to believe the post, that they, they can't f- break that chain, Exactly. Yo. That's how they can sit on a, um, a VW Beetle and not crush that shit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how they don't. How an elephant doesn't and, break the and, coffles. And Will, like biggest movie star in the world, he's tied to that post. Oh, he feels. You can't convince him that he's the biggest of anything, because he's a man. He's a human, and when he goes home, he couldn't feel any smaller. Yeah. He um. So in that, if, it's not over because he's still being tormented. Chris will heal and recover because he could turn this into a oh, joke. Oh, I'm not worried about it. He just has to yeah. get his venom back and his fangs and his claws back as his only journey, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, people have short-term memory. Mm-hmm. People have amnesia. And the effects of that, I think, will lessen over time. But he's got to talk about some different shit, though. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's how Chris recovers. He talks about other things in yeah. a Chris Rock fashion. Yeah. And doesn't necessarily Chris Rock it. He just strengthens the pen and the potency of the lines that he's kind of like delivering. He's not like, ha, ha, ha. remember how I used to do that joke? 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the Chris Rock way, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that back in the you know what I'm saying? That's how he'll recover. But he will, he's gotta take care of home, man. He's gotta take care of home. Because if not, that's gonna spill out into the mainstream like it has. This, this ain't the first person he done slapped. He done slapped the reporter, <laughs> how, friends, whatever the fuck else. So how you know. how quickly would we embrace him if he separated from her? I I think that uh don't don't you think that people would that society is just kind of like I think it's we clear. would very quickly be like yeah we get it because so this is one of the so this is one of the, this is the only good thing about her making their entire relationship completely public and available <laughs> for public consumption like it's the fucking Truman show this is what's and good I about never that. I never talk I I I never cared anything about them in in terms of like their personal lives. Mm-hmm. I didn't care at all. But I I think it's important. She made talking, it matter to you. She made it matter to she you. She made it matter to me. <laughs> she made it matter to me because quite frankly, there are there are a lot of and I'll just say people mm-hmm. because it's not exclusive to sorceress women, but there are a lot of people in relationships who do not have money and power and influence and, and adorning fans and things like that who are in a pressure cooker of a situation and they they feel trapped and they feel no way out. And, and so that's what interests me about this situation because I feel like this thing was just put out there on full display and it truly it, it it it's just such a it's just such a it's just such a look into narcissism on her part oh my gosh this is uh in dsm4 and it's fascinating it to me because it's like it's like watching a serial killer special now i'm not equating her to a serial killer of course i know what you're but in at, but though. in terms of like we it's a all, case study we all have we all have um crossroads in life that we come to you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna make this decision i'm gonna make that decision Mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know i can i can go on on this person or i can turn the other cheek or so on and so on and so forth so i'm fascinated by how people come to the decisions that they come to if you want to access your google you can look into a lot of jada's past she and will have very different upbringings and will very publicly comes from an upbringing where he um, one of the worst things that he personally can do is disappoint somebody. And that that makes him tailor made for the career oh, he's had, Joe makes him tailor made for the career. He's, he's had. a master people pleaser, man. But it also makes him tailor made for her. Exactly. She. Oh, yes. That is not the, that is a dangerous that is a dangerous combination for him. Ultrasound. Yeah. And I think and I think we've seen it play out. It's one of the most fascinating. And kudos to him, quite frankly, for holding it together for as long as he did to have this he, one. He kind of hasn't, bro. Well, clearly he hasn't. He's been I, falling. He's a beanbag chair with the beans spilling out the seams. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's been spilling the beans this whole time. That's a good point. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. That's not a man keeping it together and holding it together. I just meant like the big faux pas moment. Like we haven't seen another one The fascinating uh, like this. But the fascinating thing about this cautionary tale is that 
And that's truly what we're doing here. That's what the whole podcast is, quite frankly. Yeah, like this just is just an examination tale. of a cautionary tale of a man with perceptibly all of these resources, all of this wealth, oh all of this power, all of this status, an Talent. illustrious career, yeah. a skill set that is to be like like to die for multiple skill sets multiple skill sets even yeah. Grammys Oscars you name it he's done it he's got it the cool that's Mike Lowry yeah that's Mike Lowry and and talent talent is very special and as we have learned uh it it is not passed down through generations it is not <laughs> and, it is and just and yours unfortunately yours alone the Smith family to, has learned that to develop or lose or never had had to begin with you right so it's like one of those things where in this cautionary tale a man of an illustrious career attractive to the masses you know what i'm saying uh whose heart i believe career, is in the right place heart being the right place you know what i'm saying uh, resources money wealth power status in the community revered by the young and the old alike and none of that could buy him the respect that he seeks in his own and that's what eats at a man more than anything else is Mm -hmm. not being respected in your own damn house and getting the big piece of chicken (laughs) that's it to to no respect to a chris no billions no millions i had to bring him back to a chris rock joke you know what i'm saying he 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 damn sure doesn't get the big piece of chicken in the house no at all oh my gosh oh no not at all. Hmm. He gets no respect whatsoever. Rodney Dangerfield built his whole comedy career on having no respect. You see what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm sure that he made sure that he had some of that at home. That was just his shtick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that would have spilled into the mainstream. But it didn't. You know what I'm saying? So you have to do something to go on to that. Like, as a man, you got to take care of that. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah, you have to love yourself enough to want to take care of yourself so that you can take care of everyone else and everything else. Because look at how that house is a reflection of his lack of love for self. Look at what it does to your kids. Look at what it does to the children. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's no accident that there's that they are as strange as you have ever seen. Yeah, I mean we could just call it we could just call it what it is. They're a mess. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not judging, but there's no, I'm just connecting the dots from one point to another on the cork board, yo. This is just us doing detective work. And it's obvious. And unfortunately, you know, there'll be, there'll be comments of, well, they're worth X amount of this. They're they're worth nothing if they don't have their fucking minds on their necks. You see what I'm saying? If they don't have a good head on their shoulders, they're not worth a fucking thing. Right. Because I'm telling you, people with considerable resources climb to the top of the tallest things and jump the fuck off. <laughs> they have nets under the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco because it's so high pressured. Hmm. And because ain't nobody taking care of that house. They're probably, they're no probably, one's taking care of home and going to work to escape home. Probably putting up a few more nets this week. Probably so. <laughs> I after, recommend that they do. After last weekend. You know what I'm saying? You know, People definitely have a different kind of constitution yeah. today. There's a timely joke for you that will not age well. <laughs> <laughs> it is March 14th, 2023, oh, if you man. want to go back and yeah. see what we're referring to. 
shoot. Where can uh, they find you, brother? Uh, you can find me in Glendale, California, but I will call the police. So, you know what? I don't recommend that no, sort of excursion. No. But if they can find you on the web, yeah, the web uh, you could just go to my website if you want at richfinley.com, F-I-N-L-E-Y. You can also follow me on Twitter at thetruthache. Uh, and that's going to be on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, as long as the United States government allows us to have it. And uh, I will be starting a YouTube channel very soon. Probably, I think first video is going to drop next week. So it's going to be more of this kind of stuff. Not this long uh, and not this handsome because uh, Travanti is not going to be on every video. But, oh, man, come on. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, just trying to start my own start my own stuff and uh, all that because because if the internet needs anything it's another white guy doing videos oh there's not enough <laughs> there's not enough at all never listenership knows this never i mean enough. come on how rare is this you know what i'm saying <laughs> this is my brother this is the first thing so you were the first person i shared the screen with oh for real oh remember great. that way back when yeah oh oh Oh, I thought this you were just talking to give them about, a little context. I thought yeah, you were yeah, talking yeah. about this camera and this screen. No. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The the Vag Facts. The Vag Facts, yes. Look that up on uh, that's, the YouTube Vag that, Facts. That's inappropriate now. I know. <laughs> it was inappropriate then. You know what? But it was funny. That's why I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad yeah. it happened when it did. Yeah, I'm glad it happened too. I think you were shirtless in that, weren't you? Oh, shit, I was. Yeah. And I think there was no white balance, so that wall I, was purple. <sighs> Lavender. This this guy <laughs> just comes into this scene with this with this girl. I'm playing like the the guy that pops up in the bedroom. Yes, and uh, it's a takeoff of off the old ads that were like Carfax. Show me the Carfax. Show me the Carfax. Yeah, and and <laughs> Travanti's in bed Sh- with this girl, and he's like, I don't know. I'm gonna have to see the badge facts. And then all of a sudden, I pop in out of nowhere, and I'm like, "Well, here's uh, here's the vagina's history and how many miles it's got on it, and so on." So forth. it was really bad. But I just remember meeting Travanti, and then uh, Travanti like took his shirt off, and I was like, "This motherfucker!" Oh man, and I was, I was out of so shape. Oh, that was out of shape for you. <laughs> oh my god, hey, I wish I was that out of shape. If I wouldn't have been that. If we wouldn't have been that, then we wouldn't be this. How about Absolutely. That? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro? Come on, man. And, and shout out to Brian. Brian you know, Young. Grinded, shout out to B. Young, man. We love you, away brother. Back in uh, Missouri, I think. Either he's in St. Louis or he's in Chicago. St. Louis, I guess. St. Louis. I, I think St. Louis. I think he's in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Because he went to art school in Chicago. That's right. Okay. He went to uh, Columbia. Yeah, I think he's back in Missouri. He, he's in Missouri. Yeah, but every, like... I'm always, I mean, look, I, I love Brian just in and of himself, but I'll always be grateful to Brian because he, he put us together. I'm telling you, so. man. All right, y'all. Hopefully y'all enjoyed that show, yo, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next one. All right. And God God bless you if you're here this this far into the podcast. <laughs> Goodness gracious. But, you know, I, I, I really wanted to do this because we had such a visceral reaction to the slap when it happened a year ago and we just happened, I mean, we had already made plans to hang out that day. Cause I was driving you to your shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I'm an amazing friend and definitely uh, an amazing friend. <laughs> say, say that shit again. Say, say that shit again for the people in the back. No, no, no. You're an amazing friend too. Uh, so yeah, it, it was just, I, I thought it would be great for us to just kind of put a bow on the whole thing. Um, because I, I think, and you know what else I, I think was fascinating about it? And why it, why it was so fun to talk about with you is because it was real. 
Mm-hmm. And we get so little of that. So little. Anymore. So little. Um, even from people who are, you know, doing podcasts and YouTube channels and things like that. And that that's one thing that I'm really going to be pursuing with my channel is trying to be trying to just be honest. That's why I'm calling it the truth. Hate because sometimes the truth hurts. All of that shit is and performative too. A lot of these podcasts absolutely. and shit just performative, man. And like, I'm sure I'll be guilty of doing some of it as well. But, of course. I, but, of but, course. But, but when we see something real, that's why it draws our attention and captivates us so much mm-hmm. because we don't get it anymore. We don't. Everything is so highly produced and packaged and, you know, that that's why it creates such a visceral reaction in us because we got like, to feel something for a fucking change. Yeah, exactly. What did they call it in Donnie Brasco? Fucking Fugazi. Oh, yeah. Just a yeah. bunch of fucking Fugazis out here. So, um, uh, I mean, obviously, this is your podcast, but where where can people find you, Trevante? <laughs> You're such a good host. You're going to kill it on your show Thanks. when you get on it. Um, so <laughs> when you get on it. You, you catch that? Did you catch that, fam? You just can, a little, like, Travanti has this idea that I'm just, like, you know, I've got a bunch of projects back in the house that I haven't gotten around to yet. There's those kitchen cabinets I'm going to work on. Oh, I'm going to fix that washer dryer. I'll see you, the Bob He's like, yeah, when you, when, when you get around to it. I'll see you, Bob Vila, you know what I'm saying? Tell, Listen, tell I don't the have, two-man tailor. I don't have the Death Star set up like you do, so, you know. The Death Star. It's, it's going it's to take, take my tortoise a little while to put videos together. Not oh, like you, big fella. But the tortoise wins the race, baby. Yeah. You can find me at Rage Advice on all platforms. That is TikTok and IG. I ain't R A G E A D V I C E. Rage advice. All right. Much love. Y'all be good to one another and especially yourselves. And I'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace out for now. Audio dope. You're making more goddamn money than you ever made in your life. Stage was set when I took my first breath. I was obsessed. How much money could I get? I was obsessed. How could I make my paper stretch? I was obsessed. How many plays could we catch? The stage was set when I took my first breath. I was obsessed. How much money could I get? I was obsessed. How could I make my paper stretch? I was obsessed. How many plays could we catch? Preoccupied, see dollar signs in my eyes Stay on my mind, focused though I'm always high Nigga, what's new? You walk past it before you came inside That ZR1 in my driveway that I just got today Could do it like we got no sense or do it the cool way Nobody get hurt and all the real hustlers get paid The game so salade the tone while over them Omar Suarez body was swinging From the helicopter, from people not doing their business proper Learn how to extract them jewels from the movies you watching Andretti and Alchemist formed the monopoly The stage was set when I took my first breath I was obsessed, how much money could I get? I was obsessed, how could I make my paper stretch? I was obsessed, how many plays could we catch? The stage was set when I took my first breath I was obsessed, how much money could I get? I was obsessed